Hi, welcome to Sell Less, Mean More. I'm your host, Yolanthi Gabri. The purpose of Sell Less, Mean More is to move entrepreneurs away from a hard sell hustling mindset and towards a more holistic business practice. I'm so glad you're listening. I'm looking forward to sharing many smarts with you. And welcome to Sell Less, Mean More. I'm your host, Yolanthe Gabri, and today I'm going to be joined by Tom Peasnell, who is a co-founder of upcoming hospitality mega monolith in Preston called The Keys. Tom, welcome. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Just very generally for our audience, what is it that you do? I'm a chef by trade, but essentially in the last sort of eight years, I've just been running different types of hospitality venues, restaurants, ice cream parlors, sandwich delis. Pizza parlors. Now we're um, looking at the keys, which is um, totally different to everything else, more into the hospitality slash entertainment slash arcade sort of world, which is new for us and a bit daunting, but um, super fun. So as a preface for this podcast, I found out about the keys because I am a local in the area that Tom and his business partner are creating the keys and their sense of mystery and curiosity around the project has really been outstanding, which is one of the reasons I felt so strongly about finding out about that story and that commitment to building meaning into a brand for Sell Less Been More. So Tom, what is the keys? So we wanted to create essentially a bowling alley that you could go and eat and drink and have a really sort of high class hospitality product as well as the the bowling side of things. We just fell in love with nostalgic bowling alleys across Australia, but across the world. Johnny and I used to go to America a lot and just go to all the sort of divey 1950s bowling alleys there. And we said, you've just got to do something like this in Melbourne. It's been a sort of idea for about six to seven years. It's been you know, working on for the last three. So a huge, huge project, but trying to, yeah, create a modern yet nostalgic bowling alley, which is um, interesting in itself. So I'm interested to hear that, you know, the idea has been brewing in, in the background of your consciousness for six or seven years. Have all your business ventures taken such a long gestation period to come to fruition? And could you share a couple of the other brands that you have helped to create? No, this has been sort of the longest. Obviously, getting into hospitality and opening our first venue, which was Dexter in Preston, was a lot of work and sort of, you know, a lot of balls to actually do it because we've never owned a restaurant before. So that we opened that eight years ago and it's been fantastic ever since. It's just a little barbecue joint in Preston. Uh, we didn't know how it was going to go. We're way up on the high street and we did it essentially up there because it was dirt cheap rent. And this is our first venue and had no idea what we were doing really. Since then, we've sort of filled gaps around that. So we saw up in Preston, there was a huge takeaway trade. A lot of people weren't eating like they're in the city. So coming out to dine, it was really quick sort of trade and a lot of people wanting takeaway. So we ended up needing to increase our kitchen size for Dexter. So we got another side across the road and opened a little pizzeria there called Takeaway Pizza. That gave us space out the back to do Dex's prep kitchen, which is um, we needed a lot more space than what we had. And then Takeaway Pizza's sort of come into its own over the last five years, just serving sort of cocktails and and fun drinks at the front, really good vibes and slinging pizzas out a window. So it's a nice sort of simple business model and it's just been fantastic. Since then, we wanted to come back into the city. So we opened Dom Social Club, which originally was Peaches. And the city over the last three years has just been a shocker. 
So we um, changed Peaches and Cheek to Dom Social Club, which is now a three-level venue in Swanson Street. It's great now because we're sort of just starting to get our feet back after a long time. Even though there's not um, that many people still in the city, it's been a huge learning sort of curve for us. When we opened in 2018 in the city, we were absolutely pumping and it was we were like, this is amazing. The difference between uh, having a hospitality venue in Preston to the city was stark in spends per head and clientele as well. Just a totally mix of clientele in the city, whereas Preston, we're getting a lot of regulars. So that was like a real sort of learning curve there. And then COVID hit and we had to make some big changes in the city to survive. So we essentially dismantled it all and made it into one venue, which was crazy at the time because we were doing really well. But we just thought that we couldn't survive where we were in the city without making a big change and streamlining everything to get through the the last three years, essentially, which has actually been a one of our better decisions we've ever made. So we've turned it from a cocktail bar into more of a restaurant, which is you can have less capacity but still have the spend for heads and stuff there. So that was really, really good. We also moved it more into what we want. When we opened Peaches, it was a a bit more of a sort of nightclub um, attracting sort of like a young girl crowd and it sort of got away from us a little bit, away from what we're, we're used to doing. So we brought it back to essentially what we're comfortable with. So it's it's now a glorified RSL and it's fantastic. Like it's really, really good. We used to be open till 3 o'clock, now we're open till 11. So it's just sitting out in our lifestyle a lot better and we're really enjoying it. Apart from that, we've just got a few offshoots. So a few gap fillers that we opened a sandwich deli in the city called Nico's and that now in Fitzroy and Brunswick. Um, and that's a daytime trade that we've never really done. So that was another sort of learning thing. It has been great. A whole new group of staff that you can meet that are on a daytime trade rather than a nighttime trade. And then we've got a little um, ice cream shop called Kenny Lover, which supplies all of our restaurants, but then does a really great wholesale ice cream and a, a little retail shop on Thornbury, which is great. So, Tom, in telling the brief stories of all those different brands, they all have quite strong identities. You say that being updated RSLs as a vibe is where you want to sit as a business because you understand that inherently. When you're looking at opportunities for gap fillers, as you call them, or bigger projects, how big a role would you say intuition plays in making a call on a site or a concept? Yeah, for sure. In regards to like the location and where, where it should be, yeah, we originally opened Dexter and Takeaway Pizza and stuff. We were lit- literally looking for the cheapest rent, wanting to hit a sort of price point for the customers that we thought would work in that area. And that was sort of just finding a site that, you know, we liked the look of, and that is just visually. So we we're like, this is a great size. It's got beautiful roofs, you know, and you can do very little infrastructure in that site to make it look fantastic because the bones are there. From then, when we moved into the city, that was more wanting to have a rooftop, you know, wanting to be really central to a certain area. But everything else, it's more based on just the look of the site and the history of the site and what the site can give you. And then other things like parking and stuff are really, really important, especially when it comes into takeaway trade and stuff like that. So, In terms of um, having started with Dexter, which was a decision driven by economics and trying something new versus the three-story rooftop the risk profile of those two decisions are really different the weight of the risk for the inner city one is much heavier when people 
see the keys, for example, they're coming to your hospitality venue. They may be aware that you're behind it. They may not, but they'll see this huge venue, right? And they might think that you kind of started there. But the reality is that for all projects, whether hospitality or otherwise, right, it's a ratcheting up of risk and competence. Exactly, yeah. That's essentially where how we've gone. Our first two are very low risk. They're very small. We can run them really tight. Essentially, in the two pressing ones, we have three owners. Um, and we work there every day and we could just run it as ownership. So if that wasn't too busy and it didn't turn into what, what it did, we'd be happy just to work there with very little staff, very little overheads, and it was great. From there, we've sort of moved into understanding hospitality is a grind no matter what you do. Even if you do the smallest little venue, you're still there all day, every day. So you can afford to take a bit more risk after opening a couple of joints because you sort of know how it works. There's no way we could have done something the size of the keys first just because it's it's a huge investment, time, money, everything. So it's really interesting to progress. So we've gone into the city, taken over a Swanson Street venue, which is a huge leap for us. And that's just given us the confidence to do the keys, which was been brewing actually before the city. But we just couldn't um, even get our heads around starting it without doing something like the keys. So it's more building confidence in yourself and building confidence like, yeah, we can do this. Opening a you know 3,000 square meter, 900 packs bowling alley in Preston. We love the idea of it and we were really gung-ho on it sort of, you know, seven years ago. But it's taken this long to open it because we're just getting the confidence within ourselves. Obviously, there's other factors like financing it, but it's more just like getting the idea and getting it up and running is a really, really hard thing and you need a lot of confidence and believe that the product's going to work and that you can pull it off to actually do it. So the progression's there and this is our this is our biggest thing and um, see how it goes. So in many ways, the keys, you know, it's an iteration of an old favourite, which is like your AMF bowling lane. So people who are geriatric millennials and I I don't know your age Tom but I'd assume you're probably in a similar boat to me now like 30s you know we have memories of you know Caribbean Rollerama and AMF bowling lanes and stuff like that so it's, it really calls to those teen memories can you speak a little to the time and effort you've put into really designing the identity of your brands and in particular the keys because it seems quite strategic the keys, essentially, we're building it for, and it sounds disgusting, but we're building it for us. And the only reason that sounds disgusting is because we don't really sort of invest too much in and we haven't invested too much in architectures and designers over the way, even with every other restaurant. And this one, we're sort of understand what, Johnny and I sort of understand what we want from this venue and how we deliver that is if we like it. So we love bowling. We love old school alleys. We loved going to Keon Park just down the road with beautiful like maple wood alleys and old machines and just the clunky bar and, you know, hot pies on the bar and stuff like that. Like it's brilliant. It's fun. It's really sort of PG and it's just great. And then going to America and doing the same thing. There's so much stuff in those old sort of 1950s alleys that we love, the architecture of it, even though it's sort of not intended to be cool, it just is just uber cool. You know, the rips in the carpet, the bar that's been kicked in and been there for 50 years like everything's just so good and then when you go to america and you're just drinking like american beers getting served by a 80 year old bloke who's worked at the bowling alley for 50 years like it's just amazing it's just <laughs> it's authentic hey yeah so how we're going is literally just building a bowling alley that's 
for us. And when we say for us, it's just the stuff that we enjoy. So it's a, got a big beer sort of focus. It's got a huge sort of like old school feel to it. It's in a beautiful old sawtooth building. And then we wanted to have arcades. So we've been going to a lot of arcades recently and just not enjoying them. Um, they've been like super modern and games that we don't even know. We've never played them. Then we go back to our old arcades and it's got, you know, Time Crisis and Daytonas and <laughs> Buck Hunter and stuff like that. And we're like, this is it. So we're bringing sort of that not old, old, old school, you know what I mean? Not too many pinballs and stuff like that and Pac-Mans and stuff like that because that's before us. We're in that middle bit of like Super Nintendo Mario Kart sort of age. So that's the sort of vibe we want and that's the vibe we bring to the um, arcades. And then everything else is um, built on nostalgia. It's built on sort of the memories of going to these bowling alleys as a kid and then memories of just, yeah, enjoying yourself and having hot dogs and stuff like that. So it has that sort of vibe to it, but then we're sort of, we're hospitality guys as well. So we just want to do it our way and give a little bit more punch to the menus, a little bit more sort of variety to the beers and stuff like that that the older alleys don't have. So we're bringing that sort of modern Melbourne hospitality into sort of the nostalgia sort of memory of what we have of bowling alleys and hopefully it comes all together and um, people understand it. I think that they will. I think that you're right on a zeitgeist. In terms of merchandising the brand before you've opened, that's something you've actively pursued. What purpose would you say that that activation has served? Um, and is this the first time you've done this kind of merchandising with your app, with a brand? Yeah, it is. Yeah. So it's the first time we've ever done big pre-sale, pre-open merchandise, memberships and alike. Um, there's a couple of reasons for it. One was to build a sort of client base and understand where our customers are coming from. Every time someone buys a founding membership, you know, we know essentially what suburb the, they live in, where our sort of clientele is and get our head around sort of the popularity of the project, which is just giving us a lot more sort of know, energy to build, knowing that there is, you know, people there wanting to come in. So it's exciting. It puts a bit of pressure on the build and it's great. The other thing was raising capital. Essentially, it's a huge project. We're doing it with our own money. It's insanely expensive so it was uh one thing to raise some initial capital so that we can sort of get a leg up on on what we we're doing and the other thing was just to build hype we knew that this build was going to take years so what we wanted to do was yeah get out a sort of a line of like nostalgic bowling shirts and stuff like that just to get people excited about the project which i think it has and then yeah sort of build hype and sort of get a get a run into it there's before you sort of open a hospitality venue, a lot of the shots are just, you know, construction such and nothing about the actual bowling side or sort of hospitality side. So it's sort of nice to have something to sort of, you know, look at like and, and merchandise and stuff to give you a feel of the venue before it's open rather than just uh, construction workers doing their thing. You, you will never revisit that. At least this we can come back to. It's sort of taking over that we're coming with building shots to we're coming with product shots. If you haven't followed the keys on Instagram, I will be including links to their social media suite in our show notes. But one of the merchandise offerings that I found really compelling that the keys had was a founding membership and they made the genius decision to do a limited amount as well, which hyped up the, I guess, the desire from the customer. And I think that, you know, being able to identify where your customer comes from is also of, of huge value. I wasn't sure how big an element of the capital raising would have come from the merchandising, but 
but yeah, it, it does make it does make sense. It's good to have a little bit of some kind of cash flow coming in for a business. Or something. Yeah, look, it wasn't it wasn't much, and, and we'll definitely be spending it once it's open. In regards to um, a lot of the founding memberships and stuff, are, are free bowling and and whatnot. So that's money that won't be coming back anyway. So it, it was just to essentially, yeah, um, just to help us a little bit now, and we'll give back a little bit later. So the keys will obviously have a particular kind of flavour of service. How do you go about as an employer finding the right kind of people to represent the flavour of a venue? And I think interestingly as well, because you've probably got a lot of bespoke artisan fittings and investment at the keys, how have you gone about finding specific trades that fit your vibe and your vision, as well as people who will ultimately be working and representing the keys as hospital staff? Mm. Well, the building side of things has been really interesting. It's a huge, huge project, obviously. So we've actually got a, a few different groups of builders, you know, some from big commercial factory backgrounds and then going all the way down to really sort of bespoke shop fitters. They're all like sort of like mates, which has been great. Um, and we use them where we need them. So we've got uh, Lux Build sort of is our big sort of commercial building company. They've been really, really good and they're just making sure that all the T's are crossed and I's are dotted. But um, then we've got Rosa and Co and a few other sort of independent shop fitters, including our sort of mate Fraser Munro from Munro Builds, who does amazing concrete. Um, so just using groups of, of chippies and carpenters and concreters and stuff for bespoke elements. The lanes are a whole different thing. So they're all reclaimed wood. Installing the lanes uh, to professionals from AMF who we fly in, put up in a hotel, and they install the lanes over a month period. But then we've got heaps of help with designers that we really love. The warehouse is a reclaimed sawmill. So it's got these beautiful ceilings on a sawtooth roof and these amazing dark beams. It's just phenomenal. But we needed to tie that into the design somehow. So we've Engaged heaps of really, really good architects slash designers, one being Hamish Knox, who's a part of the Knox family, who did these insane 1950s houses all through Eltham and, and whatnot. Anyway, he specialises in sort of reclaimed materials, so he just keeps bringing us the most amazing stuff. We've got Jetty Pier stairs that are from the old Portsy Jetty. We've got a fair few columns from the old Spencer Street Station, huge cast iron columns a lot of sort of reclaimed materials that could just tie in the old warehouse to the new build. So he's helping us bring that to life, which is which is really good. On the other side of things, staff-wise, especially with a venue this size, it was really sort of tough to find great staff. We're really lucky to have other hospitality venues right now that we can see the potential of certain staff and want them to move into more senior positions. Staff is one of the hardest things in regards to getting a vibe through the venue. Having a group of staff that all get on, having a group of staff that all are sort of working for a purpose and actually love the venue for what it is really shows in in your sort of approach to customers. We hire a lot on personality. <laughs> Essentially, we want our senior staff to be focused on the customer and the customer experience and be really sort of proud when a customer has a great experience. And that's sort of where we hire and that's mostly based on the personality and if they're really excited about the venue, it will show to our customers and they'll have a good time. But that's the hardest thing. Finding and getting a nice click within your staff is really, really important. So hopefully by hiring our senior staff that are fun and super lovely and just great to hang out with, we'll attract a whole 
reel of other staff that are in that sort of same vein. Just in closing, it's been a, obviously a long period, um, about seven years of, of considering it and then three years of activity around the site. With the keys as a project, what's been the hiccup? It's usually one real big one. Has there been one? Our biggest hiccup, and this is without being out there sounding like I'm jaded or anything like that, is just we put all our plans and applications into the council around the heat of the COVID time. So with a big site and a big rent and a lot of money needed for the build, the process of applications was insanely long. Um, that's why it's taken so long and really thorough, and I, and I know that it needs to be. But, yeah, that was probably the biggest hiccup. We wanted to start building about a year before we did. That was the hardest thing, just waiting, just waiting for everything to, to be ticked off before we can start. Since then, the build's actually gone really, really smoothly. Just because we've got different groups on and we've worked with everyone before, it's been really great. Just the waiting period was so long and drawn out and then everything was around that time and it still is at the moment. But um, apart from that, the lanes are the one thing that's been holding us up in the building side of things the most. Our lanes are half reclaimed and half new. We want the gameplay of the lanes to be super professional and super fun, but then we want the feel of the lanes to be nostalgic and what you're touching and what you're feeling is, you know, old and beautiful and nostalgic and just brings, I don't know, just brings a good feeling to the whole thing. So we had to go source these beautiful old reclaimed bowling alleys, maple wood that are like three inches thick they're insane super heavy and we had to drive all around victoria to salvage yards and pick up these lanes and they all weigh a ton each they're just insane and the other side of thing all the new stuff was coming from america on a ship and just getting that here took about six months on a ship just because it got stopped with quarantine in, in singapore and then it finally arrived and then it sat at the docks for ages and blah, blah, blah. and then installing that needs the professionals to come over and we have to put them up in a hotel. So like just getting the lanes in and everyone there was probably the hardest thing. All the materials and organising the professionals needed to install it who don't live in Melbourne during COVID was probably the hardest element. Do you want to share any sneak peeks of launch events or any particular ideas around regular eventing that you might hold at the case? Yeah, we're not locking in any sort of like big events as of yet just because we don't have our official opening day. But just in general, yeah, it's a it's a it's a big venue of three sort of areas: an outside area, inside sort of outside area, and then the bowling alley across three bars as well. So that we've got heaps of space to hold some great events. Super super keen on getting a bucking bull there, twenty four seven. But we're just working through that because apparently it's uh, not great for your insurance. But um, we'll love to have events, just crazy events. But nothing, nothing booked in right now. For everybody listening, I hope that, you know, regardless of whether you come from a hospital background or, you know, your business is in a professional service, there's insights that Tom has given about growth into risk here that are really, really solid takeaways. You know, you don't build the keys from having never opened a Dexter. It's something that is, a, it, it's progressive. And I think that if we put too much expectation on ourselves to open something giant before we've learned to crawl as entrepreneurs, it can be pretty tricky. Um, congratulations on this new venture. I'm going to be including, as I said, all the links to the keys and probably some of Tom's other businesses in the show notes for today. Tom, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me.